0: Welcome back to Friends Like Us, Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, we have a one-on-one conversation with, and let me tell you, some guests make it easy to be a friend. Janelle Williams from the film Delia's Gone. Janelle Williams has a long list of credits, but some of them are series regular as Lucy on three seasons of the NBC's Family Law, Sci-Fi's Warehouse 13. She can be seen in the feature film, Spyro, playing alongside Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. You can see Janelle soon as a lead in the upcoming Lifetime's Christmas on Mistletoe Lake. And on this episode, we talk about her recent film that's out right now, Delia's Gone, as she plays Delia alongside Marissa Tomei and, yes, Stefan James. If you are in St. Louis, Missouri this Friday November 11th yes this Friday I'll be there at the Fly Over Comedy Festival performing with Sarah Silverman and friends so go and get your tickets also the following week I'll be in Milwaukee doing a speech a presentation half funny half serious it's going to be great in Milwaukee Wisconsin just go to my website marinafranklin.com to get those tickets you could also go into the link tree that is in my bio on my Instagram handle which is marina y franklin I want to thank all of our listeners are Friends Like Us because of you we make some pretty impressive lists you can hear us on Google Podcast Now Stitcher, Spotify iHeartRadio and Apple Podcast review and rate us on Apple Podcast subscribe make sure you turn on the auto download function for Friends Like Us for Apple Podcast you can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast and Twitter is friendslikeus10 let's we'll see how long we last on Twitter become more than a friend leave us a tip or a donation by going to our Patreon page go to Patreon backslash friends like us special shout out to our patreon friends it's because of you we keep going and now for our golden friends you have the option to watch our recordings live backstage. You go to Patreon backslash friends like us and become a golden friend. Merch is available. We have t-shirts, hoodies. Come on folks, it's hoodie seasons. Coffee mugs, face masks, and tank tops. They're all available. Just go to my website, marinafranklin.com. Weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my assistant, Evelyn Frick, my wacky friend Dave Justgal, and we give updates to the show. We shout out fans who leave reviews. We have surprise guest friends for the podcast stop by, and sometimes we offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows. With friends like us it'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way tell a friend you know to check us out stay safe wash those dirty little hands wear a mask still if you want to get vaccinated booster up and black lives matter today i have a one-on-one conversation no pressure (laughs) with janelle williams oh my god and janelle is a i want to say like you have to if you're not paying attention to this young lady's career you may be missing out on who is going to be our next rising she is a star you are a celebrity my god i see all of the people you've worked with i was able to do a little research even though like i said i was at an indian wedding for like two days
1: have you ever been to an indian wedding i i have not i have friends who have been to indian weddings i have friends who you know have friends who married and into the families, et cetera. And yet two days, some of them are gone for like a week. Um, it's a lot. I have never experienced it. Uh, I'm a little jealous though that you went because they do look like a lot of fun.
0: But Janelle, I've done, even though I was at that wedding, I was able to do some research. I, I That means I go on your Instagram page and I, I'm like, <laughs> kind of like opened, stalker oh, for a moment. Say. But I saw oh. you, you were in a gown, you had your own ball, like, but you didn't put like anything else. I noticed on Instagram, people nowadays, they put these long paragraphs of what they're experiencing. And you said nothing except for I had a ball. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's, that sounds accurate. See, I'm, social media and I have a very strange relationship. And I just recently opened my page about two weeks ago, actually. Um, I was getting a little tired of networks, you know, asking the question and are you going to open it? And can you make another one? Um, and I kind of sat there one day and went, I'm not going to make another one because I know there's people in my request list that have been sitting there for the a amount of time. Um, and I don't have the patience to redirect people or anything of the sort. So I deleted all my family pictures, my kids, and that sort of thing. Cause again, I'm weird with the internet in general. Um, so, yeah, I, that was actually, I don't know if you've ever watched the show Bridgerton. Um, it's like a nice little guilty pleasure Sonda Rhymes has on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a fun cute little show so what, they, what they've done is in multiple cities across North America they have brought the Bridgerton experience to cities so you go you drink they have like a bowl and it, like, you feel like you've stepped back in time essentially um, I wanted a dress that was very similar to the era which I didn't exactly get but it was still a ball gown and it was a lot of fun and if you're a fan of the show it's something that you would like because you genuinely feel like you are at a ball in Bridgerton. It's, it's great. I love that. I can't wait for season three. I'm put the sucker. It's like a, you know, I don't know. It's like a, I have like to admit, I have,
0: I have not watched Bridgerton because I'm single and I don't want to get, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, I have a vibrator, but. <laughs> I know, but you might like <laughs> it even more, actually, that might make you like it even more because <laughs> a lot of my single friends love it more i think maybe just because yes of course they have the whole relationship stuff but there's just it's a nice modern twist on you know the renaissance there i said it's actually fun it's a lot of fun i think you would i think you would like it plus a lot of single women and married women Ended up falling in love with um oh what is the lead actor oh the actor uh, Regine uh, I, don't I don't know, know his name. name
0: yes but, but he's hot it,
1: yeah so you watch it just for that I mean it's, it's eye candy too <laughs> <laughs> you looked gorgeous thank you thank you I, I had fun I had a lot of fun
0: <laughs> I was thinking I was like she would do well and you know because for the Indian wedding mm. I had to I did not wear a sari which I was like. Not to be uh, joking, but I was sorry oh. that I didn't wear a sorry because I was it was beautiful to wear like I was looking at all of the gowns and the saris and the women were wearing and Mm -hmm. I was like oh I did this wrong like I and then I kept telling my friend Suba, Suba girl who everyone who's listening she's been on the show several times this was her wedding and I said I've always wanted to go to an Indian wedding and um, so she kind of was forced to invite me but I I, I adore her and um, I just was struck by how beautiful the movement was and how the women were you know, dancing in the gowns like I had on the first day was called uh Seg I think I'm gonna say it wrong, Segit or Mm Sagit. It's the first day before the wedding where they have games and everyone does a dance. We had to learn a dance and I had
1: pants on. Like I look good. Really? So so can I ask you what what was the reasoning behind why you you chose not to wear a sari? Was there anything or you just didn't it didn't cross your mind? There was actually It was
0: also, I mean, I will say it was part, I didn't have time. I was so busy doing other things Mm -hmm. that I just didn't have time. I don't like wearing dresses. I'm not a dress person. And then also I felt like I'm not, it it felt like a form of appropriation on a level like Mm. I'm not this culture. Why am I doing it? And since we've been so I I just didn't feel like it was my thing to do to just do that. And we were doing a friend dance. So I thought, well, I'm her her black friend (laughs) who wears (laughs) pants. And by the way, I'm homosexual, whatever, or hetero, whatever. I I guess I'm a cis. I don't know what I'm called anymore. But you are you. I am me, and I just wanted to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And um, also, I put on a lot of weight from the pandemic, so I didn't know. I was was a lot of stuff going on with me, and then I actually did look okay. You know, I loved the outfit I chose, and I kept leaning in to Subin and said, "I just didn't want to appropriate." And
1: she kept laughing i think it's cool I, I get i get the appropriation part though because i i would completely be one of those people that would have asked about 10 people if it's okay that i wear one because i would have wanted to wear one i'm like i'm going to an indian wedding i I not to. but for sure i definitely probably would have ran it by somebody before i showed up and people are looking at like you know what's wrong with this woman showing up and yeah i get it i understand so the dance in the pants was that not was that not a good thing? That sounded like it was something that didn't, you know, work out well, or did it?
0: Well, as I, <laughs> you know, it's funny. <laughs> as I looked at the dance, mm-hmm. I realized how much more beautiful it would have looked if I had been wearing a dress or right. a sari, because all of the friends were wearing dresses, and I stood out like in this these pants, and it just the dress. The dance is meant for a flow look. Right. A lot of the dances
1: are, yeah.
0: Yes. And Mm -hmm. I've never danced in a dress in my life. Not really. I never feel comfortable dancing in dresses. That's amazing. So, but I learned the dance, which was, it was a hard dance. And here's the funny part. It was me, uh, Khalees Hawkins, who is also a comedian, Suba uh, Ayana, her last name is Dookie. It's an Indian last name, but you know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> also there was another, um, Cadiz K- who is, she is India and we learned a very, we we're com- we're performers. So okay. of course we went in on yeah, knowing the, the dance. Name. <laughs> but everyone a every, in the dance. Oh, we Our eagles were at play You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like everyone else was like You know, it was like, you know Half, by, you know, her mother does a dance Her father does, okay. they all do the dances But it wasn't as taken serious As we were like, okay You guys let's perform pre- that dance We performed the hell Out of that dance
1: <laughs> oh. I need to see this
0: one there Oh, I can show it to you. Oh, I'll do that afterwards. This is about you. How did you do that? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. That was such thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hold on, it is really good.
0: I'll send it to you afterwards. Yeah, I I'll really do it. want to
1: see it. Yes, please, please do. Because I am, I am always envious and jealous of people that can pick up these dances and and go, with especially Indian dances because they are very hard, but they are beautiful. You know all those Bollywood movies, I'm always just like my mouth is open every time I watch them. Incredible!
0: I and I, I was one of those in high school. Like I couldn't get on cheerleading or prom. I mean, not mm. prom, but pom-pom, because I couldn't yep. get the steps. So for it's me, it was like deep rooted that I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what I, I they can do the one two. <laughs> oh, they had no idea.
1: <laughs>
0: so much. You never know how much is going on with people at your at their wedding. Right. It's always about everyone else. Mm-hmm. Except so, bug. But enough about me. Okay, you, Janelle, okay. Let's see this seat here. Now, I'm going to read your bio. Let's see if it's, oh, it's no. current because sometimes my assistants, they do a good job. But I just want to make sure you're playing Lucy on three seasons of NBC series Family Law.
1: Yeah, it's actually a global series in Canada and the CW in the States. But yes, we just finished our our third season. Yeah. And you grew up in Canada? Born and raised. um, A lot of my family is American. I've spent my summers in New York up until the age of about 10. um, And then we just visited frequently. And now a lot of them actually moved to Florida. One aunt went, and then the next one, and the next one, and the next one. They just all sort of. Less they couldn't do the cold anymore. New York City is probably one of my favorite cities in America, but no, yeah, I am um, was born in Canada. Um, my dad came here from Jamaica, and that was it. Everybody else went everywhere else, and he stayed here. Yeah,
0: so th- this is interesting to me because you're doing a movie based on the racial tension really in America. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of friends who were. Uh, I have a friend, Bonnie McFarlane, she's a comedian who grew up in Canada. She's white and she's just <laughs> like, I don't understand a lot of what's going on in America. Like, this is just weird. Racial- Whenever anyone talks about racial, now she is white. So, uh, mm-hmm. of course, there's an extra yeah, layer of... My faith. Uh- mm-hmm yeah, of like turning a blind eye, but then in Canada, is is there tension like this in Canada? Did you sense any of that growing up? No,
1: yeah, no, there 100% is. I, I would say just like anything, you know, when it comes to America compared to Canada on any scale, really, it's larger in, in America. There's way more people in America than there is Canada. Um, yes, Canada is technically more multicultural, et cetera, but to say that, there is no tension or it doesn't exist is the furthest thing from the truth. Um, You know, I, I grew up predominantly with my black family. You know, when I was younger, it was kind of my, my poor mother is a white woman. And the poor thing had to deal with me not understanding why, you know, she was white as far as I was concerned. I was black. I was black. Everyone was black. Um, My friends, that's just how it sort of went. And, you definitely see it uh, i mean there there'd be times i was a kid i was in you know grade seven grade six walking with a bunch of my friends and you'd have police officers pull over and be like ma'am are you okay am i like, what obviously I'm not okay but there's it it exists it's just that unfortunately obviously if you are not from said community It's easier to say that, you know, you don't see it as much or be confused when you you hear about it because you go, what? I've never experienced it. How could it possibly be true? Um, That goes for a lot of things. But yes, no, Canada definitely, definitely does uh, experience it just on a different scale, I guess, from America.
0: So that's interesting. They asked you if you were okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The first time that ever happened, I will I will never ever forget it. It happens frequently. Um, But yeah. So, your friends were black, dark skinned. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you're, you're rough housing, you're playing, or you're sitting in a car, talking to one of your friends, having coffee, or waiting to go home after school, or whatever the case may be. And there's a knock on the window, and everything okay in here. And, and, and it gives you pause because you kind of go, Would you be asking that question if it wasn't me sitting in the car with this same individual? It's, so, it, it does exist. So, what, sometimes when I hear people say, You know, these things don't happen in Canada, or there's not the same in the violence or um racism i guess I, I it bothers me a little bit just because there is it's just not as, i guess spoken about or vocalized in the news as much as it is we hear more about it in america obviously uh, than we do anywhere else but it does exist yeah you
0: know i look at this film i have not seen it yet i'm going to because i i was looking at the comments underneath the youtube page and every someone was like i watched it twice Uh And you were working with, I mean, you're amazing as an actress, obviously, because you, I see everyone that you're working with. Uh, Vertical Entertainment has locked down the rights of Delia's, is it Delia? Well, Delia, Delia, yeah. It follows, so you worked with Stephen James and Marissa Tomei. Yeah. I mean, Marissa Tomei, for me, like I've followed her for a while. Mm -hmm. Like she's a like you have some actresses as they get older. You're like wondering how how like I don't think a lot of people understand that Marissa Tomei is a real theater, theater actress. Like she's she's I feel like even though for my cousin, Vinny, she won. Right. For that character. But Marissa Tomei, I saw her in Waiting for Lefty. Years ago in New York City uh, yeah. with a friend of mine, Wood Harris is a friend of mine from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait to see it is what I'm saying, because there's a lot of acting going on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm putting in people who can't act. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm being serious right now. Like, no, I'm yeah. people who don't have a real understanding of the craft of theater and acting. And this film is filled with the legitimate actors that really respect the craft that are really good actors, stephen James, Marissa Tomei, yourself. Tell me what that was like to be in a film with such
1: greatness. Oh, well, um, that's Stefan James. He, um, oh, did I say it? (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) thank you. You know what's funny? Zainab Johnson, who's probably listening right now, when she hears this, she's gonna be like, Finally, someone corrected Marina. You always say names wrong, and then no one corrects you. She goes, I don't understand. They just let you go. And well, then, then I was talking about how Bruce... first,
1: and then and, and then you know i not going to cut you off but yes, his name is Stefan Stefan James I have no
0: producer in my ear going Marina it's Stefan
1: <laughs> Thank that's you. okay it's, it's normal It's natural. we're we're here to talk so that's how it goes right um, so no Stefan James uh, <laughs> who is an an incredible talent uh in it, in itself and his young young age that he is he's he's breathtakingly amazing um and when I first I was cur- I was shooting Family Law at the time um, that I heard about this film, and I, at the time I didn't know Marissa was in the was doing the project yet. I did know Stefan was doing the project, and when I got the phone call about you know potentially playing his sister, I've known him for a few years, and we also happen to have the same Canadian representation, um, and I'm good friends with his brother Samir Anderson, who is another you know phenomenal actor. Um, I went. I mean, if if there's a universe where I could play his sister, I would I would love to. Um, it doesn't happen often, especially with me being light skin, and it's always a thing. Um, and this time around, it wasn't a thing. There was no there was no reason for it to be. It wasn't a, a topic of conversation. It just was what it was. Um, so when they said yes, uh, that I, I got the part, etc the show moved things around for me so that I could come back home because that person thinks Vancouver. So I can come back to home to Toronto. We've got in North Bay. And it was then that I found out that Marissa Tomei was going to be in it. And I was, um and I was, I went like, for real, I, I almost, I almost didn't believe it at first because when, when these things are sort of happening in the moment, you're not, it, I mean, I'm, I'm busy doing my own work and when what I have to do bring to the project but all of that sort of wasn't on my brain um and even still when i walked on set and and met her is a very that woman you know you were speaking about the craft and the work that goes into it and when i say she puts in the work oh she puts Mm -hmm. in the work and you know she's very nice and very pleasant and very respectful but when she walks on that set She's about business, and she's about the work in every aspect. Um, and it's it's a beautiful thing to kind of watch. It was great for me to watch as as a woman and to see another woman come on set and sort of just command the room um, and make sure that she's getting what she needs and and what she wants. Um, it, it was just it was just very beautiful to see. It was nice to see her and Stefan work at the same time because a lot, I mean I only have I have a lot of scenes with Marissa. Um, but there were a lot of days where I would be there and I would get to watch them sort of just work. And it was a beautiful thing. I think a lot of times as actors, it's, it's very, very beneficial to just watch sometimes. Um, I, I, I don't think people understand how important it is to kind of just sit back and just watch excellence happen. Um, but yeah, it was, she's, she's incredible. She really truly is like, I'm beautiful. Oh my God. I I, I hope I, I look that great. Cause. I was just. What you're gorgeous.
0: Oh come on, you look better than her. No, no. I'm joking. I'm joking. Very beautiful but yeah, very very talented. I was
1: very excited uh, just to have my name attached to something that had her name attached to it. It was was a fun time.
0: Well, I saw the clip and I saw your work and I get it. I saw it's very. I'm always like in awe of watching actors who can bring so much emotion to a scene without being too big. And it, is, mm-hmm. it was very like, um, as a comic, I'm always like, when I do like dramatic scenes or, no, I don't get a lot of dramatic scenes. What am I saying? <laughs> um, what.
1: West- what was I
0: what was I I was trying to put myself in your realm I was like when I do what you do Yay, No hand,
1: to, and three bodies for them and those are
0: just the same thing Oh because. but it's always too big it's all you know I've always I remember in the early stages of like doing like you know like film class or whatever they're like it's very small on the camera it's much smaller in my eyes I'm like yeah. but my eyes can I got, I got a big <laughs> eyes but it was just amazing watching you the uh, the level of emotion that is in you that what did you draw upon to bring that out? Is that personal or like, um, did you go to before you answer that? Did you, is it method acting or is it um, Meisner?
1: Oddly enough, I'm the complete opposite of method uh, only because I'm the type of person that carries things with me and just in general in life for a very long time. Um, and it would be very, very, very hard me uh to just carry anything heavy or deep because i legit would you know i have a family and i just i can't i am can. I'm, I'm one of those people that you know they call cut and i'm i'm instantly laughing or joking or doing something and if that means i have to walk away to do so to respect whoever it is that i'm working with um that is what i will do but it really is the only thing that kind of helps me Is i need to break out of character it is a, I would say yeah that's sort of a, a personal thing of what I would draw on I guess but I will say that uh and it might sound a little cliche, and there's a lot of people that might you know not agree with me but I will say that when you're working with great actors um in great writing it does come a lot easier um yes you have to put in a lot of work and et cetera. But it, it's not as taxing, I guess, um, as some people might think, or, you know, it's, it's, it's not as hard because the second you're walking on set and you're with someone like Stefan, who, you know, it, it was brilliant to watch him transform. And, and again, because I do know him as an individual and to literally see him transform when he would walk on that set was just, just a whole experience. I can't put to words, um, what that's like to see. So it makes it easier. It makes it easier when, when the words are there. Um, and you know, you are that character. It kind of just, it happens. And you know, you're talking about being big when, when you're (laughs) theatrically trained, it's very hard. It's a very, it's a a different realm really, really because it is true. Everything on camera is, is, it's that much smaller. It really doesn't, really isn't hope much, um, to get your emotion across so that's why sometimes yeah things you, you know you're watching something and you're like oh yeah there okay I, I get it yeah and you can see it you see every little every little thought um you know your eyes tell everything there's there no lying when it comes to, when it comes to film and tv it's impossible you see every little thing it's hard um some, and I also don't there was a time you speak about Meisner there was time growing up where you know you, you would read books and um there would be these things of, you know, think about something really sad or think about, you know, that's some type of trauma that's happened in your life. And again, for me, that doesn't work either because I dwell on things and if I start thinking about something that was traumatic for me and I and I draw on that for a scene, it's gonna be really hard and, and if anything I'm gonna lose myself and I am no longer the character. I'm just me lost in whatever memory it is that I have. So it works for some people, other people. I guess, you know, everybody has their own method. Get it? Method. <laughs> you know, it's so, it's so
0: funny because I, I'm so torn. Like I oftentimes, like I know like what to use if I need to cry right away. I'm not like, I don't, I, I am terrified if I ever have a scene where I have to cry on cue. Cause Like what you're saying is true. It's like in Mm -hmm. life for me, I think Mm -hmm. I block out a lot of things in order to not feel, you know, and I feel like this is a time where a lot of people have done that in order to just you know, move day to day. I mean, we're, this movie is about mental illness yeah. and it's a pretty heavy topic and it's it's important. They invited audiences to join activists, advocates and organizers to reimagine public safety as a system of care, healing and prevention. Can you take us through what the movie is about?
1: It's about Louis, Stefan uh, founder health When he was younger, he, he had an accident, um, and he is now an adult who has mental disabilities. I think people mistake his autism, et cetera, but he, he clearly is different um, and is incapable of certain things, as we can say. And something happens to my character, and um, the police get involved, and it's hard, um, and he ends up spending a lot of time in prison and in an institution and it i, because I don't want to give away too much of the movie i, I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah gonna, no don't give yeah, just a little brief um, but he it's, it's about his journey um and the beautiful thing and you know why we're having all these discussions about it um is to see how especially you know police um, authorities deal with, I don't, in this case, I will say, you know, black men and women with some type of mental illness. How they treat them, um, as opposed to how they should be treated, is is a big deal because a lot oftentimes, you know, they're murdering people wrongly uh, when, in actuality, what that person needed was some type of assistance or a medical assistance or somebody who was in, who was trained to deal with that episode. Uh, And police officers come in to the situation and have no idea how to deal with it, have no idea how to handle it. Um, And their first instinct is to, unfortunately, kill somebody. And it's just in this situation, obviously, it's different, but he ends up going to jail and ends up spending his life in an institution where he couldn't have, but it's very easy for the system to grow young Black men and women into jail um, or into an in, institution based off of, you know, false acts simply because they are disabled and who's going to question them? Who's going to, they don't have a voice. There's no one to advocate for them, unfortunately. Um, and they can't advocate for themselves. And even if they do, even if they have the capacity to try and advocate for themselves, a lot the of times they're ignored um, or just being crazy and don't know what they're talking about when and they do. But yeah, it's very important. I think people... We'll, we'll take something from the movie, which is a beautiful thing. And even if it's just a discussion amongst friends, just as long as there is a discussion happening, I think is the point.
0: Yeah, we have to keep this discussion going, as we can see globally. Well, mm-hmm. definitely, you know, after the pandemic it's and George Floyd's, you know, murder, we have to take mental illness that seriously, not that I'm not talking about George Floyd, but we have to talk about like the treatment, the way police treat black individuals, black lives on the streets. I mean, in New York City right now, I don't know if you can hear that police siren going by, but in New York City, even last night I was watching, there's a news channel here called New York One Spectrum News. And there was a, um, I'm going to forget his name, but he's one of our activist leaders who's talking about the homeless situation or on house situation in New York City and where they are putting them, the individuals, and why is it, we have a, you know, voting is taking place and Republicans are really making people think, oh, it's because of Democrats' soft policies that we have all of this crime wave going on in California and New York, everywhere, right? But when you look at the policies, when you really look at what's happening, it's not that. It's that Republicans have prevented programs that will actually help people to get out of homeless situations out of shelters. And this man was talking last night about like how mayor Adams could just say he doesn't have to um, ask for anyone to do what he needs to do. Right. And I didn't know that I, and that's when I realized, Oh, this is a, this is a political game. Yeah. So I live in Harlem, right? Harlem disproportionately houses or has more of this, You know, homeless population or places where individuals are sheltered or or tents and you go to just 20 blocks down, there's no problem. Hmm. So this um, young man was saying that let's not look at where to put them. Let's look at where they're not being placed, because disproportionately, we're not all doing our part in helping. We're not. New York City, Harlem, Brooklyn can't do everything. Black neighborhoods cannot hold everybody who is homeless. Everyone has to do their share. And I do not hear that rhetoric enough. I just don't hear it. And so yeah, the um I'm sorry, I go in when I, I, I when I saw this last night, I didn't realize that Mayor Adams could actually easily just say it. Just do it. Now if if Mayor Adams were to say it, does it actually get done that's my yes that's that's what he was saying he goes so he was pointing to programs that actually worked that actually helped individuals who were in uh shelters move into like homes and come out of the homeless population like i think he mentioned 500 individuals so these programs did work And these places have you can't put all of these places just in certain neighborhoods. And he said that this is what he's saying now, whether or not it's true. I'm sorry, I don't have his name. I'll I'll post it later. Whether or not it's true or not, Mayor Adams, you know, that's to be seen. But it was the first time I heard someone say he doesn't have to. It doesn't matter what they what they think. Mm -hmm. And I keep hearing that even about Biden. It doesn't matter what they think. You can do it. You can yeah. actually, because they do it. Republicans will, they don't care what we think. <laughs> the story delivered a nuanced and impactful story of one man's journey of loss, resilience, redemption. It's a powerful performance, leaving audiences captivated. We couldn't have asked for more talented, yeah, ensemble cast to bring the story to life. And we look forward, I can't wait to see this film. Was there anything new you discovered in the and being a part of this ensemble? Because I know like sometimes with actors, you get in a room. I don't know if they did that work where you all talk about. Was there anything new
1: that you learned in doing a film like this? I can say that there were new experiences or, you know, situations that I went in the future. Or if, if I am ever, you know, a lead in, in said movie or in a production. I can only hope to um, be like, or uh, why I say that is because, you know, there were times we were on set um, and again, more of this kind of a respect for, for yourself and for, for other actors. But I remember there was a scene that involved a weapon and like, unfortunately one was a couple, a couple years ago now um, on the film set of that movie, Rust with uh, Baldwin, Alex, oh, Oh and yes, and yes, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, and, and um, ended in someone's life being lost. But something similarly, uh, not something. I don't know my <laughs> words. But there, there were weapons on set, um, and that, that had to be drawn and, and pointed, etc. And I remember Stefan being very commanding and very in charge and. Just making his voice known for how things could be handled, or how wh- when or how he would feel unsafe, um, and what needed to be done it, within the realm of acting. You know, we can we can still act and we can still perform our craft without putting other people in danger. And it, it happens so often. And sometimes, you know, we we get lost in our performance that we're not realizing that we shouldn't have guns pointed at each other that, you know, we haven't all, speaking of being in room, that we haven't all physically seen and physically checked. And yes, of course, somebody um, is doing that, but when you yourself haven't seen it, uh, it's it's nice to kind of be able to stand up for yourself and make sure things are done, even though of course, you know, they were done thankfully um, on that side, things were, were done properly, but to just kind of sort of stop everything and, and walk through, uh, and make sure everybody is safe is, is a nice thing to, to kind of happen. But no, I didn't, I don't want to say, I I mean, yeah, no, nothing new, just more of another heightened level of respect for, for great talent and the work that um, they each put in uh, and kind of walking. I kind of just, again, sat back some days. Uh, there was one day where I spent the majority of my day on the floor, <laughs> on a cold floor, not saying much. So I got to kind of, and, and see everything and it was again beautiful to to watch and, and see everybody at work and everybody at play and um see some people that you know take their character with them 24-7 and he kind of keep you know an arm's length and some that are completely out of it um others who, who love to teach Paul Walter Houser, who, who's in the movie um you know he's a hilarious hilarious individual yes. in this movie um He's playing more of a serious role. Yes, there are moments of, you know, humor, but that's not that's not his character necessarily. But there are often times we were in the van, and he he genuinely loves what he does, and he, he loves to pick your brain, and he loves to share experiences and, and books that he's reading, and um, it, it's it's it, it's wonderful, I guess, because not all actors do that. And he was reading, um, what is that book, uh, White. Fragility White, uh, it was a very popular book um, that a lot of people were reading during, like we were saying, during the pandemic and after um, George Floyd's murder. Uh, and it was just nice to kind of hear him want to open up the conversation and, and talk and just want to know, you know, he was just eager to learn things. And it, it, was, it was really, really, really nice. A not everybody gives a shit, to, to be honest, whether they're working on a film or not, they just don't care. Um, and, you know, he's he's an individual that that cares a
0: lot. yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, you know, you you hope that actors do do the work and then do the work, right? You know, yeah. it's like you, exactly. I I think I, I think a lot of us are starting to see some of our white friends tap out of the struggle where they were mm-hmm. there during the George Floyd moment, and now you see them. I mean, I used to always say this. Um, I get it. If you don't, if you're white and you don't understand what this is like, or you don't, you tap out, I get it. You think, imagine how you are tapping out. Imagine being black and not being able to tap out. That's as close of a feeling as it is. Yeah. You know, uh, cause we don't get, we don't get the opportunity to say, yeah. I'm done. That's good. <laughs> you know, but Literally, it's like, exactly it's,
1: what it's like, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like you don't have that moment where you can just choose to. I mean, I will say, like in reading, like I put this article in about what happened in Rochester because it's kind of similar. Yeah, um, it is actually very Rochester, similar, area. except for the the. Yeah, the result mm-hmm. was not, you know, was ended in death. Rochester mm-hmm. to pay twelve million to mm-hmm. family of a man killed by the police. Family of Daniel Prude, a black man whose 2020 death after being restrained by Rochester, New York, police officers roiled a nation already reeling from other police involved killings. Now, they came to a 12 million dollar settlement, which we've heard before. That means they just don't want to admit that they were wrong. The city's mayor, Malik Evans, said in a statement on Thursday that the city had settled the lawsuit in order to avoid Additional legal fees, and the prospect of continued litigation taking a painful toll on our community. Oh, While well, he just put on the police officers. Yeah. Under the settlement, the city will admit no liability in Mr. Prude's death. He was mm-hmm. he was Mr. Prude was forty one. He had been visiting Rochester, and in March of twenty twenty, when he ran out of his brother's home in an apparently erratic state, his brother called nine one one prompting a police response. And the police apprehended Mr. Prude unarmed, naked on a freezing cold night and shouted that he was infected with coronavirus. The police handcuffed him before he began spitting at officers who then placed a hood on his head. When he tried to rise, officers pinned Mr. Prude's face down as one pushed his face to the pavement as video of the footage of the incident showed. And he was held down for two minutes and had to be resuscitated. A week later, he died. This was the settlement But let me just say this, um, Letitia James, and I don't know wherein this comes after they've done a settlement, settlement. Letitia James announced an investigation into the death, which even as authorities in Rochester, including the mayor at the time, and the police said they too were investigating. Seven officers involved were quickly suspended. I love Letitia James.
1: Oh, she she's gonna make sure she tries to get it done. I think I read somebody was fired as well. I I know they were they were put on um, they were suspended, and somebody high up was fired. I believe as well in that case. Um, but yeah, no, that's a very a very similar situation, and it it's hard. And I and I know it's probably gonna come across wrong, but it's kind of like you know when you were just talking about out and being exhausted and there's people who will go oh you know you shouldn't have taken a 12 million and and fought until they were held liable but then there's other side of it where will they ever be held liable so you also you also don't get the settlement and nobody's held liable and it's a sort of a lose-lose so what is the right answer in these situations when you know people like to look at the families and, and judge them and say you know they didn't fight enough or they didn't do enough. Um, I mean, that was two years ago. And the settlement is just happening now. And they're still, they're still saying that the city is not liable. I, you know, the, I, don't, I don't think accountability will ever be had at the time in these situations by those that need to be held accountable anyway. Um, and the think that the brother called because he was worried and he stated that it was a mental health crisis um, and that he was having a crisis and this is still how it it, it ended up. Happening. I think they're also. What about, um? It's called Daniel's. I don't know if that was in the same article, but there was an article I read where they are passing. They want to pass a law called. I'm going to tell you right now, Daniel's Law. Exactly. Um, one of the lawyers um, encouraged state lawmakers to pass a bill known as Daniel's Law, a legislation that would provide for trained mental health professionals. Rather than police officers respond to mental health crises like this one, I mean, you could only hope. Whether that will ever happen, obviously, I mean, is said to be seen. But it seems logical when you, I mean, why? It why seems isn't Seems so that logical. Seems so. I don't. I don't. I don't. It, it goes right over my head. You know, we talk about things being political and money, etc. Um, how is that not already a division? You have a million separate divisions within. You know, the policing community, how is there not one that is just automatically for mental health crises? It just, it's mind boggling to me. I don't even, I can't wrap my head around it, to be quite honest with you.
0: And this is what they said when they said defund the police, which became so unpopular, but it was accurate. It was about more of, taking money from them and putting it into programs like this one that you're talking about. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think even the police could benefit from having conversations with experts who know how to deal with mental, the police don't want to deal with that. Right. They They don't, don't? they don't know how to deal with that. No. So they, why wouldn't they want a division Mm -hmm. that knows how to come out and help them? Why wouldn't they want to fund a program like that? I mean, you know, I in Harlem right now, you know, I, I've got I've gotten somewhat more involved by just being here during the pandemic and not leaving and seeing mm-hmm. how crazy it got and how you know, right now New York is you know, you hear about stabbings almost every day now. People being tossed onto the subway platform on the tracks. Mental illness is real. And I think Mayor Adams say you gotta put more officers and more cameras. And that just falls on deaf ears to me. I mean, that's just. There were cameras on the situation. (laughs) The cameras.
1: They just show you the aftermath. They're not preventing anything really and truly. Yeah. The cameras we have seen Mm -hmm. that the cameras can show you exactly
0: what's happening and people will still tell you what they believe happened. Exactly. You're absolutely right. And it's like, and then if the cameras are on, I mean, in the subways in New York, sometimes the cameras aren't on. <laughs> so it, and I don't see and I remember there was a time when they said they were sending out meant I I would go to what was called the block associate block uh block a block B which you talk to your precinct about what's going on in your neighborhood you have these right. dialogues going on it's really with two officers and I don't know who they are but they they well they tell you who they are but I don't know how much it really, gets done because as i was listening to them then they were talking about these mental health experts who go out into the street i'm like what what, do they have like color coats can Mm. they identify themselves because like i don't see it what are you talking about i have never seen i take the subway every day i have yet to i could see an officer i see tons of police on their phones, looking at TikTok. But I don't see any of these health experts that they're talking about in the subway. I've not, I've yet, until I see that, it's yeah. it's not being done. And don't and like give you me said, no health angels. It would,
1: it, would be, it would be very convenient and nice, because like you said, if every other, you know, public enforcement has to have some type of uniform, um, whether you be a paramedic or a fireman or whoever, they, it's very obvious who it is that you're looking at yeah why why wouldn't they have some form of uniform or something to say that that's who they are uh that would also probably be insanely helpful but who the hell knows if that's even a thing or not and then black representation
0: Mm-hmm. like at the uh, state. I so I read another article about police reform that I realized I should have given to you as well I'll send it to you <laughs> after because it's a really okay, good one because I was like oh my god this would have been great but then it was too late but um, it's talking about police reform is called Cronkite News black representation at the top of police ranks is meager about 8.5 of police chiefs in the United States are black or African American according to Zipia a jobs data site in the article by Calvin Milner and Ben Porter, Elaine Brown, who's now 79, former leader of the Black Panther Party, said the goal was to educate. That's what we did back in the day and liberate. We're not going to take on the police. We're not that stupid. We had our little guns and we could not have sustained a fight. This is with the Oakland police and other law enforcement. We could never possibly challenge the police. So She says education is key. Liberating is key. She was kind of talking about protesters now. She goes, this is how they are. I go to a Black Lives Matter rally. I say defund the police, Black Lives Matter. Then I go home and I eat my vegan sandwich and I feel like I'm some kind of an activist. She's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Now, you know, young activists will probably come back at her, clap back. Brown said reform means being willing to risk your job to consistently confront the uncomfortable," she said. "I think the success of the Black Panther Party in forms of community policing or policing itself was that we s- certainly gave Black people a model for courage. This is why the film is so important right now. Are there are there moments in the film that point to that type of activism?
1: Well, that's tricky. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say point towards activism so much um, as as it's more defined, Lewis's burning. Um, and what he has to deal with as far as being accused for something um, and, and his state of mind and, and how he needs to sort of redeem himself. So, no, I, I wouldn't say that it points to activism as much as it can spark the conversation and give you a reason uh, to fight the fight more than anything, but not so much, you know, it's not spoken about in the film itself, per se. It's more of an example
0: Right. So it's really about getting into the mind of someone who has autism, right? He has autism.
1: Well, he doesn't have autism. He had an injury when he was younger that it now has him he he does have a disability. It's very easy to mistake it for autism or something okay. of the sort. Um, but he does have a mental, he is incapable of certain things. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not autism itself. but I mean, even even that is also, something why when we speak about education is one of those things where if you don't know you know there, there are a lot of people that have a lot of mental illnesses and there's a giant umbrella of the different ones that exist um and the different reasonings as to why somebody is the way that they are um and people don't know they have no idea the police officers don't know the, the you know general public doesn't know nobody knows um so to have professionals that do understand and, and do know and can identify what, who's having what crisis and where it could potentially go. You know, someone who's schizophrenic is very different from somebody who's bipolar. It's not to yeah. say that they're not both having episodes in the moment, but it could be handled or approached differently. And if you don't know, how are you? How can you handle something if you don't know? I, I mean, like you said, I mean, it could be said a million times over. Education is key, um, but unfortunately, there also needs to be money put into that. Um, for people to be educated and have educators educate the public and the police force and everybody else um um, but yeah no he it's more of his journey than anything
0: else that's good because it'll give more i mean if you know i think it could be used in class it could be a movie that people watch and have empathy for black Mm -hmm. lives Exactly. You know, I mean, there's yeah. just not enough empathy. I I was, Did you hear the story about Nancy Pelosi's husband? Yeah. I That story is real life, but it's like, we have a serious issue going on right now where mm-hmm. people, I don't know if anyone's noticing. <laughs> it started with the Will Smith clap uh, mm-hmm. or slap, right? Mm-hmm. Him, I mean, not really. It started way back. It's a lot of people out here who are, Sick, thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chris Red. I, I put that article in here. I have, I wasn't in New York. I perform at the comedy cellar all the time. Right. I just saw Chris Redd, um a week before in the cellar. You know, sometimes the comics don't put their real names up. And because because they, you know, for reasons like crazy fans, stalkers, right. you just don't know. And, you know, Chris Redd was one of the few that always put his name on the list. You know, that's, you know, people come to the cellar to see certain people, certain individuals. And after this, and I, we used to make fun of comedians for doing that. Like, because they would use funny names mm. to put on the, like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like names that, you know, like who is that? And then you find out you google it it's some weird character. Yeah. But um to me, Chris Red, one of the sweetest individuals I've ever met in the world. I mean, the kindest individual. And for this to happen to him, I I was I just unbelievable. And the extent that they went to Yeah, like dressing up as a security
1: officer I, I think they also read. I think I also read that. The, what was The likelihood of finding the individual um, that did it. They may never know who it was, why they did it, how they did it. Um, at least that's somewhere that I read. I don't know. Did they find the guy that did it? They that? have
0: a picture of the guy.
1: Oh really? So then that's what you see. What I get for for. Not sorry, my cat. Um, yeah, no. The, <laughs> one of the earlier articles I read, didn't, they hadn't found him, so they did get the guy. I just knew that he was. In a they secu- didn't get he was him dressed up as a security guard.
0: They yeah they they have video of him okay so they don't have him but they have video but it's also like the stories the way it came out like everyone I I mean I got all these calls about well he was wearing a, a gold chain and then Chris Red commented he finally spoke out and he said also nobody snatched my chain bro y'all will just write anything oh my God he <laughs> was like no but it's it's scary. And I have always said, you know, I'm one of those like Debbie Downer people. <laughs> They've called me a black Karen several times, but <laughs> yes, but I have always said, like, I'm always like, this is a recipe for disaster. The security on that on that street needs to be tougher. You know, you'd see I see individuals standing in the street on the, where cars are driving. I, you know, that street by the blue note, it's a very narrow street and, um, the lines outside the cellar are very long, very, very long. And, and sometimes because people are trying to get in, it can be very crowded. It could, it's ins It's like Mardi Gras.
1: Right.
0: You know, and, um, I've, I've, I've just been very iffy. I'm like, you know what? There's a lot going on right now. These, there's a lot of people here, targeting people in that area would seem like the thing to do. Yes, it would be easy. It would be easy to do. I'm trying to find my words carefully because I, I I don't want to be like the seller
1: should have done more. I don't want to say that. Of course not. But I mean, but then there's also the argument of what can be done in, in that situation. Um, Say the seller did do more people will go to great lengths to do whatever it is that they want to do like this individual um he wasn't dressed as a normal person he knew he probably couldn't get close to him if he was um so he went to great lengths to make sure he got close to him um so i mean it's such a it's such a tough argument because again if somebody wants something done they're going to do it and they're going to find their ways to do it i mean what what could they have done other than know that he wasn't a security guard or that they hadn't hired him that night? I, I mean, like you said, I, I, especially since the pandemic, I've seen people have just reached maybe a breaking point they would have already reached at some point in time in life. And if it's accelerated now with the pandemic, I, I don't know. Um, I, mean, I have no idea. But you are seeing it more and more and more. Um, and, you know, who's to say who the hell this guy was or, or why he did what he did. Of course, it's, it's completely wrong, but what could they have done to prevent it in the situation in such a busy street and in front of so many people? Um, it's just, it's a beautiful, it's, it's nice that he's okay. That's You know, I don't take that from it. Thank he's, God. He's, safe and he's okay, yeah.
0: But I think you bring up a great point when you talk about being on a film set I, 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 re, and people really taking their job seriously and mm-hmm. with safety, right? Yeah. Um, I, I feel like you have to do that for yourself as an entertainer and walking around in this world. Yeah. I mean, you see, like, I think a rapper just passed away to, uh, I just so saw, saw the off. news this, mo- yeah, amigos, this morning. Yeah, just this morning. I, yeah. And, um, it's real out here, you know. It's like you can't go. Oh, I don't. You know, I have started to, and it's you know, people will go. Oh, Marina, you're just nervous, Nelly. You're just no. It's like you know what? Like businesses need to take this
1: very, yeah. very seriously. And I mean, on even if you were sex. a nervous Nelly, you have every reason to be. Um, at least that's what, what I think. Like you said, they do need to take things more serious on film sets and in a lot of venues for that matter. I think you know as we get older and as society changes and social media becomes more a thing and whereabouts are very easily seen at any given time, um, being a worry now isn't. I don't. I don't see it as a bad thing because I'm a very cautious individual. Maybe because I'm a worrier in general. You know, I don't. I don't necessarily like crowds. Um, I don't, I don't like certain places because I just automatically don't feel safe. Or I, I, that's not. why I
0: liked your Instagram post. <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this child is making sure you don't know where she was at. I'm
1: just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, again, I'm more, I'm more of a nervous person, cautious when it comes to certain things. but um, that's only because you just never know what's going on in somebody's world and somebody's head and, I'm a very, a lot of people in my life hate it, Um, but you know, I'm I'm a very nice person and and I'm going to be the type of person that's going to talk to everybody and I'm going to give that guy something on the street and I'm going to sit there and talk and I'm going to, all of these things that a lot of people, you know, say not to do because you never know who you're speaking to or there were all those stories of, you know, people pretending to be homeless and, you know, stabbing people and doing all kinds of all kinds of things, and and it's such a fine line because it's hard. Because you know, you just you want to help people, and you you want to talk to people, and sometimes just having a conversation with somebody means the world to someone. Um, and then there's other part where you're terrified, you're you're absolutely afraid because you you don't know what's going to happen or what this person's going to say or if they're going to take something out of context or yeah, it, man. I don't know. It's very easy to just stay in your house and not go anywhere. I'll tell you that much.
0: (laughs) Very easy to do. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. My sister comes to visit me. She was just here. She keeps coming and I keep telling her it's dangerous here. Stop coming to New York. Stay where you are. Uh, But, um, like, Okay, another mental illness. I hate to just go with mental illness. I know that's not necessarily the story. The story was more of someone with a disability. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also about how we take care of our community and Kanye West. I mean, what? We we can't we can't strap him down. I I guess that's illegal nowadays, right? Strapping someone down. But he needs someone needs to inject him with something. I mean, he needs to stop talking. Kanye West continues to attack George Floyd's family amid weekend full of hateful social media posts. Kanye West attempted to issue an apology to George Floyd's family on Friday via paparazzi, but quickly made himself the victim of the situation. The apology comes after he appeared on the Drinking Champs podcast and claimed that George Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose, when in reality, he died of cardiac arrest as Minnesota police officer Derek Chauvin kneeled on his neck. We all know this. So what, what are you saying? The comments are particularly insulting, obviously, to Floyd's family, as well as all of us, the people around the world who protested police and, and we saw it with our own eyes. Wes posted a photo of, and this is the part. He posted a photo of Roxy Washington, the mother of Floyd's daughter. And complained about the family suing him for two hundred and fifty million. Additionally, West took to Instagram to respond to Endeavor CEO Ari Emanuel with an anti-Semitic rant in which he accused him of trying to destroy his life. He also used the post lynching photo of Emmett Till, and I don't understand why he's allowed to do these postings. I let me tell you something: if I post a video of me dancing to music and the music, <laughs> and I, obviously I want to give credits to where credits due with music rights. But that can t- take it down in seconds. Yeah. If
1: you so much as have on an outfit that somebody doesn't approve of, it can be taken down. Your whole, your whole page can get deactivated for certain things. So why is Kanye and this is what's
0: uh, um, now in Elon Musk is also getting into the thing. Of owning Twitter now, and they said that there's been more inward comments on Twitter than ever since he's taken over.
1: Yeah, because supposedly he uncensored the word. I mean, I'm not I'm not honored enough to to know, but yeah, supposedly he took. I guess the word was censored before, um, so people, similarly to to Instagram, would just you know change the spelling around, still use it, just not spell it out. And now, I guess Twitter is free for free for everybody to say, do whatever they want. Um, and I guess there's an uptake. The word on Instagram, I don't know how it's being used or what context it's used. It's not that it matters, but yeah, not supposed to be a fire. Kanye, I'm confused because I could have sworn I read, you know, a few weeks ago that he was banned from Instagram and Twitter. Um, So I, I I was lost when he was able to start back with these rants that he's been having on Instagram again, and be able to put her picture up in the first place, and that it wasn't automatically taken down for you know hateful speech or all the other reasons Instagram takes posts down or not. Um, you know you were you were saying something about why can't we inject him with things, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> i mean
0: i would never I, i'm no, joking I obviously know,
1: no, no but, but i know i uh, someone needs saying. to come in i don't we, we're all seeing it yeah but he i mean it was just uh, one of the articles uh, at some point in time i read where i'm not supposed to plug this one, where he was saying that he was wrongly diagnosed and that there isn't actually anything wrong with him at all um, and that was part of his rant, too, that he was diagnosed by doctors of a certain race. And therefore, there's more reason why people are out to get him. Um, I think it's very obvious because we've all seen that there's something wrong. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, I don't know what the medical term is for whatever Kanye is going through. But clearly, something is not OK. Uh, and I don't I don't I don't know who he has around him. I don't know. If anybody is able, I mean, clearly nobody is able to stop him. Um, but he's, you know, he's the consequences now of his words, and words are very impactful, and and they they hold a lot of weight. So when you when you say certain things, you know, I'm going to keep talking about freedom of speech, etc. Yeah, you can you can say what you want, um, but it doesn't mean that there's not going to be consequences for the things that you say. And he's said a lot of hurtful shit in the last few years. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to talk on whether what he's dealing with or the backlash that he's facing is right or wrong or, you know, if it's appropriate or not. But I, I will say that I do believe that there should be consequences for for things that you say. I don't think you can just walk around saying the things that you've been saying and not think that people aren't going to be like, hurt by it or, or, or want to do What they're doing to Um, you—it's—it's insane to me. Do you still listen to his music? No, you know what's funny—I've been listening to you know the only time I literally said to my boyfriend, I said, and this is going to sound really bad, but I was i I read the Peloton all the time, and I read that Peloton was taking all of Kanye's music off of their platform. And that is the only time I actually hear Kanye music is because they happen to play that all the life song in all a lot of classes. A lot of classes play that song, and I went, "Oh, finally, I don't have to hear this song all the time. It sounds terrible." um, So, no, to say that I I was a fan of Kanye's uh, called Dropout album, and after that, I never really, um, yeah, I haven't haven't listened to much Kanye. So. Really affect me in, in that sense, it only affects my bike ride. Now, as shallow as that sounds,
0: I'm plugging in my computer, I I'm gonna die on me. <laughs> I love it. I want to ask you what it was like to work with David Allen Greer because I know that oh. must have been a lot of fun. I love David, he's been on the podcast several times, love him twice.
1: Love, I, he'd probably be him. like,
0: Girl, you say it several times, and it was twice.
1: <laughs> I can hear him saying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I know, I was like, I am, uh, he, he played my uncle. Uh, in a lifetime movie that we did years ago. Uh, and I d- genuinely have not had that much fun on a set with one individual in a very, I, I, don't, I don't know, ever. Men is hilarious. Uh, he takes his work very seriously, too. I'm, I'm very yes. happy to see him in, and he's been thrilling lately in just so many roles and, you know, kind of. Stepping out of the whole, you know, comedy and everybody looks at David as he's so funny and sort of overlooking how talented he actually is. Um, so it's a great thing to see just how much work he's been getting lately, and um, not not in you know comedy sense. But it was a lot of fun. He's great. I, I personally love comedians. There's no, I know some people are very sensitive. There was there could be a lot of sensitive people um, around David and just around. You know, comedians in general, whereas I just be sitting there just snickering, like, I'm just going to keep my mouth <laughs> <laughs> That was funny. You, might have, That might have bothered you, but I mean, that's comedy for you. I don't know what, what, what do you guys want? Um, but yeah, no, he's, he's, he's a really great guy. I had a lot of fun. I would love to work with him again. He's, he's a joy. I love Mr. Mr.
0: Greer. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that on your Instagram that you worked with and I was like, yeah. And he's so talented. You're so right. And he's matured into these roles. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad it's, it's, it's nice to see like a black male actor mature Mm -hmm. into like that Hollywood can still see (laughs) the worth. I wish they would do that with, um, well they did with the, um, from, from, um, Abbott Elementary. Oh, yeah. Like I'm seeing that. Like Mm -hmm. they're recognizing a black woman of her age getting into a role. Very, very
1: slowly, slowly, but surely. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So
0: what would be something you can say to young actors who are listening? Any advice? Is there like one piece of gem you would give them? Wow.
1: That's a that's a good question. Um,
0: Don't sleep with everyone. No, that was weird. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Stay far away from that. It's not going to get you anywhere you want to get you. Um, I, no! Oh, wow. a, a piece of advice. I mean, it sounds so silly to say to, to not give up, but it's very easy to get discouraged, especially in today's day and age. Young or old, people getting roles based off of, you know, their social media, not even big tops of talent. It's, oh, you have a million followers. So therefore there's built-in marketing and you go sell our movie. So you are going to be the lead. Meanwhile, you have a million young actors that could have done that part. But yeah, I would say to just not get discouraged and to live your life. You know, don't, don't make this be your whole entire life. I think some of the best actors have lived their life um, and, and, and have something, you know. There's there's something there's something about them. There's something to be said. They have stories to tell. Um, it just makes for better acting, I think. Uh, sometimes people just think, okay, that's all do have to do. I just focus on this, and they don't live live your life. You know, experience life. I think you'll you'll find joy in what you do a lot more when you realize you didn't just focus on this
0: and nothing else. This is so true. I have said that to comics before. I go, I have to live life in order to talk about it. I can't just. Tell jokes in a vacuum. It was a pleasure and an honor Mm -hmm. to have you on Friends Like Us. I look forward to seeing your career just blossom. Mm -hmm. It's already blossoming. You're in everything. And I cannot wait to watch. Let me get it right. The title, Marina. (laughs) Delia's Gone. I cannot (laughs) wait to watch Delia's Gone because it is not gone. How can I watch the movie? Are there other streaming platforms you that can i can watch stream, it on
1: yeah it's streaming on a bunch of platforms in america um a quick search will will bring up all the, the streaming services that have it but yeah you can you can stream it and you can watch it over and over again if you wanted to. too um, but yeah definitely definitely let me know uh how you like it i'll look for it that email <laughs> and
0: have you ever when you come back to new york because you're not in new york right now right yeah no i am in Toronto right now Okay, so you come back. Look, you said Toronto, right? I was saying Toronto with a hard T, and everyone stopped me.
1: Yeah, I was Toronto with the I was like, Toronto. I'm going to Toronto. <laughs> I mean, there is a there is a T there, so that's the English language for you. I always say this language of ours is just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, no Toronto, no T.
0: <laughs> Tell them to stop with the glass buildings. The birds need to be able to fly oh, without yeah, you know building can more you talk and more
1: the more and more of them. Yeah. Funny, David, I don't like David the glass. Mentioned too. He didn't like all the glass. He's like, yeah, yes, ruining there. The skyline. I hate all these glass buildings. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of them and they're only building more. So I'm I, I, they have to stop. Yeah, if wrong. I was there, I would, I would, I would, <laughs> what, what
0: call would me you a black carrot. <laughs> I would have some people act, you know, we would have a conversation with the council or whoever representative about these
1: glass buildings. Oh, they've done it. I was, you know, what, they, 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 what was one, one of the solutions was to just
0: leave the lights on? What? <laughs> uh-huh. I, so I wasn't, when I was in Toronto, I had a conversation, I
1: get so upset,
0: yeah. uh, with the cab driver, a woman about it. And I said, what's up with all these glass buildings? She goes, oh, well, you know, This is what our design is. It's very popular. And, um, you know, the birds keep going into the buildings. But you know what? Just evolve and go higher. I was like, that's true for white men, too. Okay. (laughs) Let's, Let's say that. Anyway, there's there's my little really has been an honor to have you on the show. I I wish you so much continued success. Um, If you could, one more thing to close out. She's not really a social media. So if you don't want to be found, it's okay. But but where can they go?
1: I have I have Instagram at Nellie's Rose. Uh, I have Twitter uh, at original, and, and, and that's it. You can tell my names were not, you know, prepared for anybody to be found and find me. So ignore them. But yeah, that's where you can find me. With friends like us, you can feel safe discussing anything you're having the word without judgment.
0: Yeah, that's that's how I feel. Oh my God, thank you. It's always been. Believe it or not, I was a theater teacher at one point, so I always create safe spaces. Are very important. They're important. They are important. They really are. I agree. Thank you you so much. You're brilliant. Check Check us us out. (laughs)